how hard is online dating? How much does it, how, <laughs> how much does it suck? Oh my god. Hello and welcome to episode 6. I'm your host Kev. I thought I'd start off this episode by reading a couple of reviews. This one is from Jim R428, who says, Love listening to your stories and chats, mate. Keep up the awesome work. Uh, Jim, thank you very much for your review. And this one is from Peed Off Man. Um, I have enjoyed listening to a few of these and hearing stories from a wide range of individuals. Uh, man, thank you very, very much for the, um, for the feedback. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a review. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please leave comments below. I have been inboxed a few times um, with a few questions in regards to the future of this podcast or, you know, what I'm hoping to achieve out of it. And to be honest, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good, funny conversations with, with my mates and hopefully getting the, um, hopefully getting the stories out there highlights how amazing my friends are and how extremely lucky I am and hopefully it motivates um, motivates other people to um, to realize how lucky they are and how um, how amazing their mates are too I never set out it was never a goal I never set out to make money off this or make a make a full-time gig out of this um, so I'm, I'm not going to monetize or anything like that honestly I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying the producing of it um, I'm enjoying, uh, I'm enjoying the conversations and reminiscing and all that sort of good stuff. So yeah, I do have a exciting announcement. Uh, Chris from Journey Made Coffee has, uh, given us a code to use at, um, at the checkout when you're purchasing uh, coffee from his website, from his, from his company. As with, uh, as in episode, uh, two, I think it was Chris and I go way, way back and, um, I can honestly say that um, that his coffee is absolutely amazing. We go through quite a lot of it here, being uh, being in the emergency services. So, um, if you would like to um, if you'd like to help support his business, um, please um, please head over to www.journeymade.com.au and use the code MYMATE at the checkout. Um, this will give you ten percent off your order. Uh, I don't get any kickbacks or anything like that from this. Um, this is wholly and solely to um, uh, for him to uh, to help uh, caffeinate our listeners and um, and for me just to um, just to help a mate out with his business. So yeah, head over to the website, place an order, and uh, yeah, use the code. So this week's episode, I am so ridiculously excited about. Um, I've been trying to lock this chick down to do a, do the to, to do the podcast for a while, and uh, I I finally managed to fit in with her busy schedule. So without further ado, this is my mate Nick. Nick, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super honoured. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, dude? Um. Look, it's good. Today's a good day. So it's, um, I'm tired. I'm always a little bit tired, a little bit busy playing, wearing a few different hats, but I'm doing good. How are you guys doing in the snow? Uh, um, look, it's, I, I, I should be happy for the tourists and the business, especially look after the bushfires and the initial COVID crap that came through, like mm -hmm. Oberon really, really struggled. 
Yep. And then it's just gone to this. So I, I should be happy with the tourism, but man, there's there's so many people in town. So, so really? many people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many people. Anyway. <sighs> so, Nick. Yeah. Who are yes. you? Who am I? I am Nick. Um, I am a 37-year-old um, single female living on the northern beaches, I guess. How's that? <laughs> That's how I identify myself these days. <laughs> Fair enough. Which, which really only tells like a, a slither of, of the stuff that you're, you're into. Um, yes. But I mean, that's, that's, that's who I know you as, as this super, super, uh, modest person about her, um, her activities and her achievements. So, um, so be- before I get into embarrassing you even more, uh-huh. how do we know each other? You are my cousin. Um, so I have known you for like literally as long as I can remember. I think we hung out quite a lot, like obviously when I moved down here with the family mm-hmm. uh, when I was in primary school. Um, and we were like super inseparable for a while too, mm. which was kind of cool. Because so. before that you were up north? Yes, we lived in the Northern Territory. Yep. Uh, Dad was there for work cool. and then we moved down here. Um, and then with you living in the Blue Mountains, we were in the Lower Blue Mountains, so it was like Christmases and birthdays and hangouts <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. Can Can you remember moving that distance? I I don't remember it so much. I remember like the night before we caught the plane down, mm-hmm. but I don't remember like the lead up to moving. I don't remember packing. Um, we'd obviously done the flight a few times, so the flight itself wasn't a big deal for me, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I don't remember that whole process really. It's quite strange. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so growing up together uh, and being part of a quite a large family, yes. um, Christmases were, especially Christmases, um, they were an event. They were epic, like four hours worth of unwrapping presents. You know, it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then followed by uh, ridiculous amounts of food. Oh, so much food. Like... I can't believe there was that much food, you know, made for one day. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, and then there was usually uh, cricket followed by napping. Cricket and then napping. Yep, absolutely. That's that's how I remember Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I used to share our love for uh, Star Trek as well. Oh, mate, we still do, don't we? Right? Oh, You're look, still absolutely. a Trekkie. Okay, absolutely. good. Yeah. <laughs> but we um we we spent many many nights at each other's houses watching. The next generation? Yep. Yep. Next gen. A little bit of DS9 as well, but I think we were pretty much the next gen type of kids. Okay. So, yeah. And then yeah. we went to, obviously, we went to very different schools. Yes. Um, but our paths did cross during high school. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, because I knew... I did like an acting thing with someone who ended up being one of your mates. And then it was kind of like this weird type of thing, right? Is that As- right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. that's, that's absolutely right. And it's, so the, the, the Blue Mountains acting community, is, is that what, is that what you would call it? I guess so. Yeah. Was, was all very, very tight knit. Yes. It um, still is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, whenever our school did, um, productions or anything like that, you were, you were there, like you were, you were physically there. Yeah. Yeah. We would try and support each other out and, and go and watch each other's stuff. Also, you know, scoping out the competition a little bit. (laughs) 
So speaking of competition, um, I don't know if you're aware of this or if, or if you remember, but your friend at the time, she was the first girl I ever made out with. No. Yes. And that was, wow. I mean, that was, that was super late. I was a super late bloomer, but yeah, <laughs> she was the first girl I ever made out with. So I blame you. You blame me? What, was it that, <laughs> it was that bad that I need to be blamed? Is that uh, it? It wasn't blamed. I remember some, you know, <laughs> have you got some of those memories that you sort of, you lie awake at, they, they literally keep you awake. You lie awake at night and you just lie there and go, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> what was I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Yes. So we were, um, all of us, a, a few of my friends and, and you and a few of your friends, we were heading down to Penrith to go watch a movie together. And I had broken my ankle uh, playing football at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, because um, how amazingly smooth I am with, with social interactions, I remember um, getting up like a stop before because I'd have to hobble up the steps. I remember getting up a stop before. I thought I'd be incredibly cool and do like a back roll over the, over the train seat. And, no. and it was your friend that I made out with it, which who I was dating at the time. I'm pretty sure I collected her in the head <laughs> with my cast. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Now, oh. that sort of stuff only happens in movies, but it happened to me. I was very embarrassed. She laughed it off. Yeah, well, good. As long as you laugh it off, you're okay, right? <laughs> but yes, one of those memories that, that's going to haunt me for forever and ever. I love it. And I love ever. it. And now I'm going to imagine it too. It's great. In my <laughs> head, it's fantastic. <laughs> so you did acting in high school. How was, how was high school in general for you? Uh, high school, I think, like a lot of people, was not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it wasn't until about like year 11 and 12 that I kind of found my my tribe of people um, when it was okay to be the drama nerd and the little bit of the sci-fi nerd. Sure. Um, and I think once you find that, then you kind of settle in a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the stress of the HSC is never fun for anyone. And I'm so glad I only did it once. I still wake up in the middle of the night panicking that I haven't properly studied for my maths exam, yep. um, which I hate because I'm 37 and I don't need to know <laughs> maths. Um, but I think for me, I had also, by the time I hit about year 11, I'd really decided where I wanted my life to go. So mm-hmm. it was just starting to go through the, the motions. Like I didn't need my HSC, so I'm just going to do what I have to do to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a little bit of a frustration, like waiting for the next phase to start. But also, you know, again, I think some of the best memories I had were like year 11 and 12 with yeah, my nice. mates kicking around. So, yeah. I, I think you're one of probably one of the only people or some of the only people that I know that um, your your interest in high school, you continued on after school. Yeah, I'm really stubborn like that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of picked my path and I stuck with it and now it's at the stage where I can't imagine doing anything else, you know. So even the thought of like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? I need to change. I just... I can't like this is what I do and this is who I am so you know that's that's it <laughs> okay so you wear a ridiculous amount of hats um, mm. both both figuratively and figuratively and literally um, yeah. and you're probably going to be the better person to explain because I, I I can probably explain a few of them I don't think I'm going to do them justice so <laughs> I, I know how much you hate talking about yourself yes <laughs> <laughs> so so take a deep breath and start 
start with hat one. Okay, um, so hat one, after high school, I guess we'll go chronologically mm. as well. I studied acting at university mm-hmm. um, and I did a three-year acting degree and then kind of started to work professionally through that career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that career, I kind of expanded and evolved and now I'm actually training and working as a stunt performer. So that's I've taken kind of a long way to get there, but that's where I am at the moment and I think it's probably the most exciting part of my journey for me so far. So the acting gig, did you, how was that for you? Um, I think like I love acting and I think if I had my dream life and my dream career, I would be doing Shakespeare every night, you know, um, because that's my passion really is on the stage and in the theatre. Um, but to be a successful actor in Australia, not only do you have to have the talent and the love, but you have to have the hustle. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time, just coming straight out of high school, then straight out of uni, I was still so unsure and so self-conscious that I didn't have that hustle, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And it's taken me a long time to kind of get to that point where I'm okay to kind of toot my own horn a little bit. But, um, Yeah, it was a struggle for me because, yes, the passion is there and, yes, I know I am talented, but um, I just didn't have that hustle to really take myself to the next level with that. How hard is it being uh, a female in the industry? Um, In the industry as acting, I think it's, I mean, obviously there's still a ways to go, but it's definitely as an actor it's, it's quite fine. You do have male and female roles. In the stunt industry, it's really starting to open up, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I train with a lot of incredible women that are incredibly talented um, and they are starting to get that recognition, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How cool is it seeing the um, – uh, I, I don't know what you'd call it. How, it it's almost like a, a wave of ca- coming from – coming from nothing or, or very, very little to something that's so well recognized. Obviously, it still has a very, very long way to go. But, I mean, you're, you're essentially part of that wave. Um, in, with women in stunts, yeah, I would like to think that I have a, a little bit with that. I mean, it's, it's incredible that they now have the opportunities in film to be those lead those lead roles, like you've got Scarlett Johansson and Heidi Moneymaker doing all the Marvel stuff and... Um, you've got Zoe Bell, who's just recently did all the stunt coordination for a Quentin Tarantino film, which is, you know, super exciting. Um, so just to kind of be even on the edge of that is really great. And it's, um, really inspirational as well. Like you've got all these incredible strong women doing amazing stuff. So, Mm. yeah. And I, I guess that's something that people don't, don't realize that, um, by having, having, uh, more opportunities for female leads, you also open the opportunities for not only a lot of well, I mean, is is stunt classed as a support role? Um, I kind of think of it as like a a side by side symbiotic mm. type of of relationship that we have. Um, so you can do background stunts all the time as well, like people falling over, people being massive in massive fight scenes and all that kind of thing. Or then you've got those really great doubling opportunities where you do have the lead female who also needs to be able to kick butt. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just having the opportunity to be in the background 
um, is fantastic on a day-to-day basis too. But, yeah, to have these lead female roles that, you know, Atomic Blonde and Charlize Theron, like, she kicks butt. Those scenes are epic. Um, And, yeah, to know that that is a woman doing all of that as well and not a dude wearing a wig is really, really (laughs) exciting. Hang on, how, how often was it dudes wearing wigs? Um, I would imagine at the beginning it was almost all the time um, because it wasn't, you know, a women's thing and there were women involved, but, you know, I guess there was that mentality of, oh, we, it's, woman can't do that or she can't be a driver or whatever. Sure. Um, So there's a lot of those glass ceilings that have been broken to allow this next wave to kind of come through with a little bit more ease, which is great. That's so good. Yeah. Should there be more recognition for... Uh, stunt work in general, say at the at the Golden Globes or the Oscars or something like that? Look, I think so. And I think it's, um, again, back when it was all first happening, stunt people weren't acknowledged. It wasn't a thing. It was always the actor doing all the performance when really we know that that wasn't the case. But um, I'd, I'd like to think that not only are we doing a hard job physically, but there's also a lot of acting and a lot of performance involved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we're going to give awards to catering and accountants, why can we not give awards to actual performers as well? Um, which is why I haven't watched the Oscars for the last few years because I would like to see there be a stunt category or a few different stunt categories as well. So, sure. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine it would be a very big stretch for the Oscars to add that category. No, absolutely. And when you look at a film like Mad Max Fury Road, which was epic, it had 327 stunt performers in it. So surely one of them, at least, yeah. <laughs> could get something, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then with the with the push for uh, more John Wick-esque movies, um, and, you know, like you said before, like, you know, your, your Scarlett Johansson's and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, yeah. How, uh, sorry, so with the stunt work, um, yeah. is there anything that you you particularly um, specialise in? Um, at this point, I'm still quite green. I've only been graded for about a year or so. So mm-hmm. I've not yet found my specialty. There's things that I'm super interested in and I would really love to explore further. Mm-hmm. Um, fight work and weapon work is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also kind of taken to driving a little bit, which is exciting. Hey. I'd, I'd like to see where that goes. I mean, I'm at the basics right now, but that would be interesting to see where that can progress. <laughs> um, but, you know, I in stunt years, I'm only like 27. So I've got a while to to kind of branch out and find my niche a little bit more too. So, Fair enough. Yeah. The, <laughs> the hardest thing I've found with driving uh, is is looking tough while doing it. There's, there's many photos of, of me doing like at, at the track or something like that. And it's, it's this amazing, like, quick pan of the car with the blurred background. It looks like I'm going a million miles an hour, and here I am, like, wide eyes and tongue poking at the side. And just, <laughs> the it, the it, concentration it's tongue. It's, it's yeah. not a good look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I tend to kind of get a little bit of, like, um, duck lips going on when I'm concentrating, <laughs> too. For some reason, that's, like, my tough face. So I need to work on that a lot. <laughs> Have you um, – so you said you um, – you do a little bit of weapon work. Is that like hand-to-hand sword stuff or is that firearms or both or? Um, Yeah. So I, way, way back in uni, we did a semester in stage combat. So that was predominantly the weapons that you would see in a Shakespeare, lots of big rapiers and swords and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really took a shining to that. (laughs) And I, I started studying that um, 
quite devoutly for for quite a while and I got a lot of certification in that. So I, I love weapons. I love swords. Um, I love all that sort of um, hand-to-hand is great too. Absolutely. There's always room for that. But I, I love a big flashy sword fight. <laughs> very, very cool. I, yeah, I think that's great. So I would love to be able to play with that more. Do you have your own little collection of swords and stuff like that? Or, although I, think, I don't think technically we're allowed to in Australia, are we? Uh, no, we can if they're – mine are like four stage, so they're not sharp, which is the most important thing. Yeah, um, yeah I do have to, do have some. I would love to get more. <laughs> um, but, again, it's one of those things like it's, stunts is quite an expensive endeavour. Uh, so yes. <laughs> where do I have to put my money first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple of uh, props that I use for photo shoots, um, mm-hmm. like cosplay mo- photo shoots and stuff like that and – yeah, like you've got, it's, um, you know, you, you can buy the really cheap katanas and then you've got like the next level stuff and it's like, you know, you use them once a year, is it really worth it? Although it looks amazing on camera and yeah, yep. no, I hear you. Um, and then firearms is a bit of a funny one because there's such a stigma attached to prop weapons, which yep. I, I kind of agree with, but it also makes it extremely hard for the, the innocent people like you and I that, you know, want those prop firearms to, you know, do photo shoots or do whatever and we, we can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to have a licence and you've got to have all the, the signed forms and everything every time you pull it out of its little case. Mm. Um, we have, you know, there's there's some great armourers here in Australia and I, and I re- really respect what they do and I don't think that's something I would really ever be able to get into because not only do they know about them they know how to like load them and make it look real and do all this sort of stuff and you know it's almost like it's set little specialization so yeah i'll I'll leave that to them and i'll just (laughs) (laughs) swing my swords do you remember in high school uh there's a very small production that our friend did with the firearms (laughs) yeah running down the steps at the um the train station (laughs) yeah Ah. Yep, that was great. So we good. were like, we were badass. Yeah, he, he spent a lot of money on getting that armor there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, lots and lots of money. So, yeah. Um, how do you... Uh, okay, so you, um, you're you still currently training for stunt work <laughs> and stuff like that. Is that yep. something you, you... I mean, I've, I've never honestly heard of it. Is that something that's um, it's very, very common or is it there only like one or two places you can go? Um, there's, there's a few places that are popping up now where you can actually go and train with other stunties and work on stunt specific stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very, very lucky to be a part of one of those. So we get together, you know, two or three times a week and we will, we will train in different things. So at the moment we're doing wire work. So we'll put on harnesses and we'll see how, how can we fly across the room type of situation? Um, so there's a lot of, you know, brainstorming and a lot of really solidifying those basics that we'll need should we one day get a job for it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like before these places existed, it was really a matter of like trying to find a stunt coordinator and have them help you through all the different levels to get to a grading. So, mm. again, I'm really lucky to have come into this at the time that I have that this place existed and I was accepted in and, you know, I am part of an amazing team of people that love to get together and just play and see what we can come up with. So, yeah. Being part of the industry, has it taken some of the, some of the magic away from just losing yourself in a movie or do you appreciate it even more because you know how much work's gone into it? 
Yeah, I think I think you appreciate it even more. Like if I'm watching an action film, I'll watch it once for fun and then I'll go back and watch it again to see how they did everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you also get that extra level of appreciation and people – Normal people, normal people. The, <laughs> I apologise for that one. Uh, but, you know, the, the usual cinema goer would just watch something and, and think, oh, that was really great, whereas we're like, oh, that was, oh, did you see, oh, that's great, you know. <laughs> so we, we get a little bit more excited, I think, than, than other people would. Sure. Um, yeah. How, how fit do you have to keep yourself <laughs> in the industry? Because, I mean, look, there's – there's, there's obviously the wanting to look your best in front of the camera, but a certain fitness level is needed almost for a safety aspect to do with stunt work. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and it's a tricky line to cross, I find, especially for women, because a lot of the time the women will be doubling are usually quite lean as well because they want to look their best for camera. So we not only need to be lean, but we need to be lean and strong, but not look too muscly. And, you know, so it's a, it's a really fine line. So, um, yeah, we do a lot of parkour for our conditioning as well. Really? Cause that's, that's so cool. I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> we do it. Uh, <laughs> we do a lot of that kind of thing because it's body conditioning and it allows the body to move and work on your mobility. So you're strong, but you don't look like you lift weights every single day. Sure. Um, yeah, and it is. It's all about safety. Like you need to know that your body can take 20 takes of being thrown to the ground and you need to have that conditioning and you need to know how to land and not break things and all of that. So, yeah, there's a lot of fitness involved. So, yeah, which I lost during ISO. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> okay, so I, I was going to ask how, like, how often, is it just gym work or do you do other stuff? Um, so I luckily actually enjoy working out at a gym. So mm. I will do, I do weights and I, and I do cardio, but again, we're really lucky. We do a lot of conditioning and a lot of parkour stuff mm -hmm. at the gym. So every session we'll start off with about 40 minutes worth of conditioning drills and, oh, let's run this course or ride everybody up the wall, up the scaff, that kind of thing. Um, so it's a little bit more functional training, mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, like the amount of bruises I get from those kind of sessions is unbelievable, but that's okay. <laughs> that's very cool. I'll, um, I'll, I'll have to come down there once, uh, once this whole isolation thing settles its ass down. I'll have to come down and take some photos because that sounds amazing. Yeah, we've got, we've got a great setup. We've got, you know, scaff in the corner that we can change and, and manipulate to look like different things. And we've got vault boxes and big mats and big walls and stuff. So, which also helps us if we need to rehearse a gig for a show, we can be like, okay, well, let's pretend this wall is here and we're falling off this and we're doing that. So, mm. you know, it's a great multi-purpose space that we play in. So not, not wanting to spread yourself too thin, I take it you predominantly are in front of the glass and not behind it? Um, yeah, I mean, again, one of the things that we get to do a lot of is kind of shoot and review work. So oh. we, at least, we at least understand how it's going to look from the other side. There's no point in doing a gag if it's not going to look good at the end, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we do a little bit of that shoot and review stuff, but I'm still really honing in that skill like it's a massive skill to have mm. how to shoot an action scene and how to know what's going to look good and and how to sell stuff so some people have a great natural instinct for it and it's something that I'm just really again trying to hone and focus in on too but yeah 
and some people make it look incredibly easy to shoot. Um, it, well, everything. I mean, I've I've done a couple of promos now, and it's just it's mind blowing. Um, you know, you have to nail that take, and whether or not it takes one take or, or twenty, you have to nail it. And if you don't, I, I yeah, like I'm I'm having to go back and do do reshoots on a coffee promo, like a coffee. Promo. <laughs> <laughs> how these people do it like i i it starts giving you an understanding of of why things take so long and why the budgets are so big and why the crews are so big and all that sort of stuff it's 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 very cool yeah it is and it and it it also shows like if you have a really well oiled machine and everybody's in sync with each other how much better it will be you know like let's get a great storyboard great let's follow these exact shots okay great it all works you know and you just can't have that one extra eyeballing the camera because you just got to <laughs> go back and shoot it again. But yeah, there are some people that can just see that play out and then can translate it so beautifully. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, it's amazing to watch that skill. As a as a person being um, being in front of the in front of the camera, is that is it a huge effort for you? Are you naturally extroverted and quite happily? happy being in front of the camera or is it something you've learned to do or technically you're an introvert and you're just really pushing yourself or um so I, I I heard once that there's two types of actors right there's the actors that are massively extroverted and so comfortable in front of the camera that that's their home and then there's the other ones who are so introverted that they love that switch mm to turn into extroverted in front of the camera. And for me, it's, it's that kind of situation. Like I'm not a crazy introvert, but I'm not comfortable being the center of attention, but being in front of the camera allows me to kind of fulfill that sure. desire that people get to yep. be the center of attention. Um, if that makes sense. Mm, it does. Um, yeah. So like, I love, I love slipping into a character and becoming, you know, a particular badass for two hours and then, taking off the costume and then I'm me again. You know, I, I love finding those characters and finding their motivations and how they would stand and how they would react. And that to me is really exciting because I can disappear from being me and mm -hmm. become someone else for a while. So, Is that your a little, little bit of escapism? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. And I've, I've found that there's been a few times where I've taken bits of characters away with me and tried to implement them in my life because I'm like, oh, I really like the way she deals with confrontation, for example. Mm -hmm. Can I take that on and, and be that person a little bit more in real life? So, yeah. <laughs> Have you I, – I take it you uh, you particularly like um, Charlize Theron. Have you watched The Old Guard? I have watched The Old Guard. What did you think? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I love the story. I, I, am, I really want to read the graphic novel. I'm super intrigued by it. I was disappointed in the film itself. Okay. So let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's um, – so that particular movie, you can really tell when movies um, are made with the, with the intent of it being, making it being made a trilogy or a series or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. But if you read the graphic novel, I think that you're going to be disappointed in the movie more because the graphic novel is really good. Really? Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) The story is phenomenal. Like I I love the premise of it and I loved some of the characters. But, yeah, I just Mm. think a lot of the film itself kind of fell a little bit flat for me. Yeah, I think they, uh, if you excuse the pun, I think they pulled a lot of punches when it comes to the action as well because something made for Netflix, I know there's been some really good movies made for Netflix, but traditionally I don't think any of the movies made for Netflix have been great. I I disagree a little. Have you, did you see Extraction? I have. You liked it? You really liked it? Oh, I loved it. Like that was the action for that for me was on point. Well, I mean, the, the, the movie was directed by like one of the best stunt persons in, you know, in the industry. So it, it yeah. better be. <laughs> and I mean, look, there's, there's Chris, Chris Hemsworth as well, which is all sorts of fantastic. So. <laughs> fantastic. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extraction. I, uh, I, I thought the, the, the story was a little bit shallow, but yes, you 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 are correct. The the action and was incredible. Have you seen the behind the scenes of it? Yeah, How like the way they it? shot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so great. You know, like I I really do love the films like that that really push the envelope and are like, oh, we've never done anything like this before. Let's see if it works. Yeah, yeah. let's let's strap a dude onto the front of a car and drive him around at full speed. Right, phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah, and I really think it paid off for them with that film. I thought it was exciting. And if a film leaves me breathless like that one did, like I think it did well, you know. Like there were moments when you're actually like holding your breath because of the action going on. So, mm. yeah. Okay, so really, really hard question time. <sighs> okay. Top three movies. Your, your top three go-to movies. I, I can't even do that. Like I think I have like maybe a top 20, but then it's all like genre specific. Okay. And like there are films that I will love to go back to over and over again. Um, and then there are films that I saw once completely smacked me sideways and then I'll leave it at that. So <laughs> I, that's a question that I can't answer. There's a few that like ping off the top of my head for sure. Okay. Name them, name them, name them. Um, the Martian. Oh, with Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> loved it. Loved the book. Loved the movie. Thought it was amazing. Okay. Um, Mad Max, the Fury Road one. I loved it. Sure. Again, like left me absolutely breathless, like incredibly breathless. Um, but then I have my favorites, like, oh my god, The Princess Bride. You, like, how is that not in anybody's top <laughs> ten? Like, <laughs> I love that movie so. <laughs> You know, and then I forget ones and then someone will mention, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's one of my favourites. And then someone mentions something else, like, no, that one's better. And, yeah, I can't. What about you? What about you? Top three, go. Uh, look, I'm – I'm uh, one of my go-to movies is a movie called 13 Hours uh, with the yeah. uh, with John Krasinski. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I've watched that and rewatched that a trillion times. <laughs> um, the action in it's great. Um, Black Hawk Down, a, a, a lot of military movies, um, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But in saying that as well, um, like I'll, I'll watch it if um, if I need something else in the background or something like that. But I find myself um, quoting movies like Bring It On and Ten Things I Hate About You and uh, mean girls and stuff like that. They've, they're, it's, they, they have to be some of the, the most quotable movies ever. hundred percent. And it's really yeah. funny because 
you automatically click with someone. If you're in a social setting um, and just inadvertently just quote one of those movies, you'll always pick that person that in the room that, that will look at you and smile knowingly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, now we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a business meeting once. Yeah. And um, I, I can't remember exactly, I can't remember when it was, but um, I, w- I was asked, I was, I was ex- explaining something to some superiors and one of them asked, uh, like, how, how do you know all this? And my automatic reaction was, I said, I know this because Tyler Durden knows this. And <laughs> no one got the reference in, in, in the business, in the boardroom, dead quiet, all looking at me blankly. And I was like... Didn't mean to say that, but nice to know where we all stand. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Fight yeah. Club. Fight Club's another amazing movie. Yeah, it was. Ah, the book's better. So. <laughs> <laughs> How do you support yourself? Um, That's a tough one. So, obviously, I need flexibility with my job in case I happen to get the call oh hey we need you on set type of situation so I have spent my entire adult life working minimum wage jobs and you know just getting by with that I've done hospitality I've done you know barista work I'm a receptionist at the moment I've done everything so that's always that's the one tough thing you know like a lot of people base success on how much money's in your pocket or the type of holidays that you go on every mm. year and that's just not the kind of life yep. that I have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the one tough thing. It would be great to be able to do both, but you can't. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How hard is the industry and the um the the job situation and your romantic life? How is that all <laughs> weighing on your mental health? <laughs> okay, so we're not even going to discuss the romantic life because it is non-existent. <laughs> um, but, I mean, obviously COVID t- hit everybody this year. Sure. Um, it The performance industry in Australia took a massive hit from it and it is still reeling from it, which is very tricky. Um, JobKeeper, for example, and JobSeeker really didn't assist any of the freelancers or any of the sole traders within the performance industry. So I've got friends who are haven't seen a paycheck since, you know, March, which is really tough. Um, And unfortunately, our current government doesn't really like to support the performing arts industry either, which, Mm -hmm. you know, you've seen funding cut for years before this time anyway. Um, So it's quite a difficult industry to be a part of. And, yeah, it it really does. There are so many times you sit down of an evening and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? Why don't I just go out and be an accountant and then I won't stress and I'll have money and it'll be great. But as with anything, once you find your passion, you've just got to stick with it, right, and through the good and the bad and hopefully it all comes good again. Yeah, well, I think think it says a lot about your character as well that you have stuck with it. I mean, like you said, it's – it's probably one of one of the hardest industries, and it has very very little support and very very recognition, uh, very little recognition. And I, I know it's all getting better, um, mm. but it's still an incredibly hard industry to be in. And you know, you're still in it, and you're still kicking ass at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh look, like I said at the beginning, I'm very stubborn, um, but 
yeah, I think, again, one of the things that makes the industry so great is the the camaraderie that we have and everyone's just kind of doing what we can to help each other out and push through. Like when COVID hit, a really great Facebook page came up and it was just a bunch of, I think they called it Arts Tasker. So it's just a bunch of people who are like, hey, if you need handiwork done around the house, I can do carpentry. So I'll mow your lawn for you. So it was just kind of, you know, helping each other out while in between the paychecks. Mm. Um, yeah, and it is starting to pick up again, which is fantastic. We're getting some more films out here, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, unless we get that really great sort of base from our government and from the people in power, it's you're kind of sitting on a little bit of a of a powder keg as well. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I take it you, this is basically what you do in your spare time. You work, eat, sleep, and then train or yes <laughs> um so at the moment again like i i'm living i live at home by myself and i don't have a, a partner or a significant other so i'm using all this extra time that i have just to train i'm at the gym where i train at um maybe five six times a week doing different workshops doing different classes um when i'm not working at my other job that pays the bills, you know, I'm either sleeping or, yeah, training. <laughs> so hopefully one day it'll all pay off, you know. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> so not wanting to deep dive into your romantic life, as, a, yes. as, as, a, as an outside question, yes. how hard is online dating? How much does, it, <laughs> how much does it suck? Oh, my God. Um, I, so I met my last partner online, which was great. And that, that lasted like a good year and a half um, before he turned out to be a bit of a dick. Um, but, yeah, online date, especially in COVID. Again, COVID has made it. It's no longer about dating. It's just like, hey, I'm bored. Have a conversation with me and then I'll never talk to you again. <sighs> so that's kind of where it's switched now. And, and I'll be honest, I just don't have the time. I would rather be training or I would rather be napping or something because <laughs> it's the same stuff every time as well hi how are you what do you do and, <laughs> unsolicited dick pic <laughs> so many you wouldn't believe there's a collection sorry like, mum and dad <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> it's the reality they have single daughters they understand um, yeah I mean Hopefully one day Prince Charming will arrive. But until then, I just, I got stuff to do. Like, I don't have time. So. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, yeah. Speaking of your sisters, how are they going? They're good. They're good. Um, they both have places in the Blue Mountains close to mum and dad, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a niece who's five going on like 20 because <laughs> she's the smartest five-year-old I've ever met. It's insane. Um which is just testament to the work that my older sister puts in with her and the family puts in with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we're all doing good, thankfully. Like we've got a great family dynamic and my parents are amazing human beings that I will be forever grateful for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're all doing good. Because, I mean, growing up, all you guys were super, super close. Mm. Um, has that continued on through after school and all of this sort of stuff? Yeah, like I think my younger sister and I, um, like we've lived together on and off throughout our adult life. Like for a while she would she stayed with me and my partner at the time and then I stayed with her and her partner at the time. So we've been housemates forever, which is great. Yep. Um, 
we're no longer sharing each other's clothing or stealing <laughs> each other's clothing. So that's, that's good. Um, you know, like, and I think you, you probably get the same with your brother as well. The older you get, mm-hmm. the, the better a relationship I've found because we're not stupid kids that can't either have a good, a proper conversation and say why things are bad or good, but you know, you just relate better as adults, I think. Yeah. And that's really great. And especially that you and your brother now both have bubbers too, which is a So you've got that as well, right? So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's, his kid's adorable. Absolutely oh, adorable. And, and the hair on her as well is, is just ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. I don't, okay. So for, for the listeners that have never seen Pete, which, which I'm going to guess is probably most of them. Um, my kid looks Asian, but has blonde hair. I have he, no idea how that works. He, but he doesn't look like he doesn't look super Asian either. No, he's definitely a halfie. Yeah, you can totally tell that he is. So that's okay. You know, it's not like people would get too confused. He's adorable though. Like he's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's not cute at three o'clock in the morning when he won't go back to sleep. Nothing is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. But the blonde comes from mum, right? Uh, I, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> no, well, look, it, it doesn't come from me, obviously. I don't know. Maybe you've got a recessive throwback in there somewhere. <laughs> so I, I did one of those uh, really expensive DNA tests, right? <gasps> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, you know, um, being adopted, I, I got the results back and I thought I, 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 had a, I had an inkling that I'd get the results back and, I, and I'd be like, you know, trying to connect people and other people have done a test and all that sort of stuff. I got the test back. It said 100% Asian <laughs> and no matches. And I was like, you know what? I could have paid someone half that. I could have paid any one of my mates half that and they could have told me the same thing. Thank you very much. 100% Asian. Yeah. 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 They probably just they probably just looked at your photo and went, Oh, we don't even need to write this one and just wrote it down. Like. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. on a scale of one to ten, how much of a geek are you still? Uh like ten. <laughs> I'm I am an unashamed nerd, like and ISO just made it worse, okay. I think. Living in my little fortress of solitude, like I downloaded WoW again and I work in my oh, little... Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm working my little blood elf through. So, <sighs> like, and I play Magic the Gathering now. Wait, and... on- online or with the real cards? Both. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, again, it was one of those things, like, was always kind of closeted a bit like oh we used to talk about star trek when we were younger and everything <laughs> and and then i got to an age and i was like you know what screw it this is actually really fun so yeah. you just got to embrace it i think so the the whole nerd geek culture became quite mainstream about the same time as i want to say big bang theory become became really popular um mm-hmm. i don't know whether or not that was the catalyst but yeah it was it's look it's definitely been interesting because on one hand, I I welcome all the new nerds and geeks. Yeah. But on the other, I was like, you know what? I was I was into this stuff when you guys were still beating me up about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of my, my guy nerd friends make that sort of comment. Like, we were into this when you guys thought we weren't cool. So <laughs> you just calm down a little bit. But 
Look, I'm more than happy to school anyone on the wonders of Star Trek should they need it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, there's there's been so like social media loves it, yeah, loves social media. There's yeah. been so many posts about oh you know I've been a Star Trek fan from you know the the first movie and blah blah blah, and then they start talking about J.J. Abrams, and I was like. That's that's not the first movie. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's all, and it's the same with, you know, Star Wars and everything. It was mm. like, oh, one, two, and three are amazing. It's like, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, <Let's>... <laughs> it's, it's usually the – it's so when they say one, two, and three, I'm like, do you mean four, five, and six, or do you actually mean one, two, and three? And if you're talking about one, two, and three, then you and I can't be friends anymore. Yep, 100%. It's like, see you later, bye. <laughs> yeah. um, have you been watching Picard and Lower Decks? I haven't. I, don't, I haven't watched Lower Decks, but Picard was just amazing. I mean, I... anything with Sir Patrick Stewart is just so good. Oh, but just to see all of, you know, like there was Riker and Deanna Troy and Data and it was just so great to see all these new characters mixed in with these amazing old ones. Mm. And, yeah, I loved every bit of it and I can't wait for the second season <laughs> and, yeah. There was a scene in one of the episodes of Picard where um, uh, Picard went to go and visit Riker and, and Troy mm. and... Uh, Riker yells back at, at Deanna, like Deanna's, Deanna's yelling at, at Riker and Riker yells back, stop yelling at me. And it, it's, it's the whole dynamic. And I, I will unashamedly say that I shed a tear because it was just, it was such a beautiful moment. And to have, have Riker back, especially because like Picard was always with Riker and, and yeah. vice versa. It was just such a beautiful relationship. And I don't know, I miss TNG. I, I really do too. I mean, I, I loved what it did for for sci-fi as a whole, and I and I love what it did for so many of those guys' careers as well. Mm. Um, but I mean, but... TNG's so different. Like it never, there never had to be action or killing or violence. It was all about finding solutions and and talking and and the conversation. And it was just I don't know. It, it was very very cool. Yeah, it was it was wonderfully done and and did broach so many different subjects, you know, socially and politically, but done in such mm. a way that you didn't realize it was actually happening. And you know, you with people such amazing performers like uh, Patrick Stewart on there, it's just what it did for for sci-fi. I think is amazing. Mm. I've been watching. Mm. Uh, have you been watching Sir Patrick Stewart reading sonnets? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, something that helps me get through ISO is hearing that man do Shakespeare is just perfection. <laughs> it's 100%. so good. Oh, yeah. And I love it when he's like, I don't even know what this means, but okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. He is, uh, he is still extremely humble about himself. Like he, do he definitely doesn't take himself too seriously, and that's really, really good to see. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And. I mean, there's a there's a fantastic documentary on Netflix called The Captains, mm. and and it he talks about how petrified he was at what he was doing, and he didn't want to do any more than a couple of seasons because he wasn't a TV actor; he was mm -hmm. a stage performer, and it was such a strange medium, and he hated it. And just to hear someone say that is really humbling and and really great that you know not everybody has an amazing experience, even though it looks so good mm -hmm. in the final product. So yeah, 
And then on on the flip side of it, you watch conversations on YouTube with him and Hugh Jackman about him being circumcised. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Which is fine too, I suppose. Uh, so, Nick, we're almost in September. What's what? What are you doing for the rest of the year? What's 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 on the cards? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I need to do my Christmas shopping soon, oh, I suppose. God, that's right. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's. Someone told me the other day it's only X amount of weeks till Christmas. I almost punched them. <laughs> right. It's like something fifteen Fridays or something oh. crazy. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> um. I don't know, man. This year I'm just – I am really excited, like everyone, to see the tail end of it, mm-hmm. I think. Like riding out the rest of this pandemic and hoping that it's going to settle down. Um, you know, I would love to get some some work on on set before the close of the year. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But for me, get up, eat, train, go to bed. That's life. And Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. That's it. That's all you can do, really. Yeah, so. that's it. Yeah. Well, look, I would, um, I'd very much like to have you um, sit on our roundtable for a Q and A session, especially because I just realised that not only are you my first family member on here, but you're also the first female. I noticed that. I was like listening to some of your stuff last night, and I was like, "Wait, is this Chris, a Christine, or a Christopher?" <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm again incredibly privileged. Yeah. So, d- depending on which weekend, he identifies as both. <laughs> good to know <laughs> um yeah look i've 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 got a i've got a few female friends but none of them are willing to be on a podcast so thank you very much for that um looking at my analytics as well uh 50 of my audience identifies as female awesome yeah so which yeah I was, I was completely blown away with so which is very very cool it is very cool represent <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you for having me. Again, super honoured and kind of still surprised as to why I'm here, but thank you. <laughs> it's been super fun. So thank you yeah. very much. And hopefully once uh, once this crazy, well, I'd like to say once this crazy year finishes, but look, once once this current situation calms its ass down, We'll, uh, we'll have to catch up for some bad food and some uh, maybe maybe some TNG watching. That sounds amazing. Yeah, let's lock that in. Make it so. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. The opinions or views expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host or guest and do not represent those of the people, institutions or organisations that the host or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company or individual.